0: And action. When the moon hits your eye, let's try it again. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, it's a moray. It's actually not it's a moray, it's that's a Damn it, take two. When the moon hits your eye. When the moon hits your eye like a big, big pizza pie, it's a You said it's again. I don't well, care. we don't care. All right. Hey. Welcome back to The Mentors. Mentors. This is Vadim. And Sergey. Uh, this is a Vadim. And this is a Sergio. We're not making fun of Italians, but we will say that for Best someone sense. that doesn't know it, the language, and also for someone that has been made fun of, it, as russians and that we all talk like this i think i'm allowed to say that italian as beautiful language as it is everybody does the kind of sound like this yeah. you did just come from italy so I is yeah. that accent valid you can definitely confirm that it's valid and it's awesome i loved <laughs> it um i only learned a few words uh i mean grazie obviously uh, prego allore Literally, and that's how it sounds. Uh, What else did I learn? But you can get around in Italy with just speaking English, which... You can in Rome and Firenze and Florence uh, and the major, you know, Milan, the major cities. Once you're in the boondocks, so to speak, once you're in the villages, the smaller towns, I mean, usually there's going to be somebody there that does speak English. For example, I went to a restaurant on Tuesday. Actually, I, I got there at 10 p.m. And this is in a small village in Italy. And when I first came in, I didn't. I wanted to ask, are you guys still open? And the guy is like, "Un momento. And he pointed to the younger gentleman who was one of the wait staff. And he came up to me and he spoke in English. And he's like, oh, yes, of course, we're open. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, so there's usually somebody you can't find that does speak English. But they also love it when you try to speak any Italian. And so if you go there... Try to pick up a few words. That's hilarious. But you're listening to the five-minute pick-me-up, the weekly segment that we do to get you motivated for the week to come. And Vadim has a pretty inspiring story from Italia, from a gentleman and his wife that he met at the wedding that he was part of. So Vadim, tell us about this guy that you met because he has a pretty cool story. Yeah, I mean, the first thing that I learned from him is that he lived on an island in the Caribbean and... I thought to myself, oh, that's pretty cool, because I knew that he knew the family of the groom that was getting married, they used to be neighbors, he's from Long Island. So what was he doing on an island in the Caribbean? Well, it turns out that him and his wife are retired there. Yeah. More importantly, how do you afford to live in an island in the Caribbean? (laughs) You clearly have to have some money. Uh, And I kind of learned through his story that, you know, three months out of the year, him and his wife, they travel just because they get sick of staying on an island for most of the year, even though, I mean, that's a life that most people would dream. But that's the life that they can afford now because he worked all his life and he ultimately built a business. And I'll tell you the story about that. Okay, so this guy lives on an island. I feel like I would be bored, too, after a while of living anywhere that's remote like that. That's why we live in New York City. But he's a little bit of an older gentleman, so he's had time to probably fail many times and succeed, but... You were telling me that his origins did not make it obvious that he was going to be a successful entrepreneur. So, what what background did he come from? What was he doing for work? So he was actually a truck driver for a very long time. Uh, well, the two things. He he was a, wasn't uh, wasn't James Cameron a truck driver as well? Maybe. Off, and uh, Harrison Ford was a carpenter when he got discovered, actually by uh, George Lucas, probably because he he was like young and had a great body, and the guys <laughs> like I want you in the movie. It was the body. It was the body. Anyways, um. So this uh, gentleman was a truck driver, and look, he actually had a pretty multifaceted career. At one point, he was a chef, and actually at the wedding, he cooked everybody breakfast. It was amazing. He made these eggs and, like, this bruschetta with tomato. I don't know. Everything tasted so, so good. So clearly at some point, he was also a chef all to say that you can have multiple proficiencies in your life. He certainly did. But for a long time, he was a truck driver. And I actually asked him, well, you must have been to, to Florence at least a few times before this. And he said, probably 25 times. So obviously, as a truck driver, he would go through all over Europe. And uh, a lot of times he would stop over and you know try to enjoy the scenery as much as he could. And Florence is obviously beautiful. But he was a truck driver for many years. And I mean, that's a job that actually can pay pretty well. Some people love that job. It is a difficult lifestyle uh, in the United States. For example, if you're a truck driver, you're on the road all the time, you're away from family, you have to be okay with that type of lifestyle. It's certainly not for everybody, and I'm sure there are truck drivers out there that get burnt out. Well, he, when he was a truck driver, he actually noticed something. Whenever there was a shipment that they were transporting that was really, really expensive and highly, highly valuable, the, obviously the person that was getting the transportation done or the company that was ordering the transportation was much less price sensitive. In other words, they cared much, much more about the quality of the delivery, making sure the product doesn't get ruined and all these things, I guess they're on time, and they were willing to pay a premium for that. And after years and years of doing this truck delivery, he actually decided to start his own company in a niche. A trucking company? A trucking company, mm-hmm. exactly. A trucking, a delivery company, and it was a very specific niche. And the niche that he chose, and then again, I don't know the full story. I don't know if he was exposed to some of the clientele and he started going after them. It probably was built up over years, but the niche that he chose was delivering really expensive art. Hmm. And so over the years, he ended up building up this company uh, that that's all they focused on. That was their specialty. We will deliver your very, very expensive art. So obviously you can imagine the type of clientele that they had and the type of money that could probably make on a per order basis. Now, why is this a motivational story to me? Well me and Sergey had been in jobs that we didn't like, or at the very least, jobs that were menial and uh, that would burn us out. Well, sure. I mean, especially when you're starting off your career, you kind of have to take those because no one else is going to hire you, right? Yeah. And I don't know, maybe he actually really loved the truck driving job and he just identified this opportunity. But where we think this is relatable to other people is you might be in a job now and you might think, yeah, this is fine, but maybe there's something else out there for me. Or maybe you think, I don't like this and you just want to get out. But the point of the story and the main takeaway for me is... You have to keep your eyes open because actually, even if you're in a job that's not perfect or you're in a job that's okay, but you might have other ambitions, you are actually uniquely positioned to succeed in that specific sector. Nobody knows more about what you're doing than you. You know more than 99% of the population about the industry, business sector, whatever it is. So that's already a competitive advantage. So if you keep your eyes open and you're willing to do the hard work, you might identify an opportunity that's actually lucrative to go after, and you might be able to retire on an island. Yeah, well, the other thing that's motivational for me for this is that, I don't know, I mean, if you're in a job like that where you're a truck driver, most likely people in those jobs are either trying to, you know, figure out how to make it to the next paycheck or trying to figure out how can they get out. Whereas this guy basically used his time on the road to start identifying, paying attention to these potential opportunities that exist in the sector that he's already in. Like you said, he's very familiar with. And since no one else is really thinking about it, his other truck driver buddies weren't thinking about it. Again, that was an advantage. So even though he was in a job that was boring, he found something that was an opportunity and he went after it. He also knew the trucking business intimately. Think about it. He knew exactly how the companies worked. He knew how it worked to lease a truck, how much it would cost, what kind of insurance you need to buy for it, probably what the corporate formation involved, what kind of people you need to hire and the type of work that you need to do in order to have the company structured correctly. So all that knowledge was already in his head. The only thing he had to do was connect it to a specific niche and a specific application. Now, again, there was a lot more hard work I'm sure he had to identify customers, find them, do the sales and all that stuff, figure out where in the market he actually fit in. But eventually all that hard work did pay off. And now he gets to live on an island. He has a sailboat and he travels three months out of the year. So if you're sitting at work and you're super bored, hey, like you're bored anyway, why not try to think of ways you can improve processes in your own company or maybe even the clientele that you have, see what they like or don't like about using your product or service or using your competitor's product or service. Do some intel gathering while you're there using that time wisely and potentially you might identify a business opportunity. And depending on what your work relationship is like, you never know, sometimes the company that you work for might be your first customer, sometimes they might be your first partner and maybe they'll even acquire you in the end. I mean, obviously this is very circumstantial, but think outside the box and try to look past just the immediate things that are right in front of you. So that's it for our five-minute pick-me-up for the week. And shout-out to our new intern, Valerie Chapman. She just joined the Mentors team. If you see us posting on the Mentors podcast, that's Valerie doing that. And we are at the Mentors podcast on Instagram. And actually, you should follow her Instagram as well. She's got like 30,000 followers, at Valerie Chapman. Check her out. She has some cool stuff that she shares. And as always, if you like this episode, please click the share button and send it to your friend on WhatsApp or email. Just one friend. Uh, That'd be really helpful for us. Cheers, and we'll see you on Wednesday.